Good morning, church. How are you? Everyone smile at me. Come on. Listen, I'm not as thin or as good looking as Pastor Joey. Sister, you nodded awful fast on that one. She's like, amen, amen. Listen, I celebrate what God is doing here in the house. I've uh, sort of followed the, the trail. I've sort of followed the journey. And um, you're in for some really amazing things that most of you aren't even aware are coming yet. You ever have that feeling inside that, you know, you don't know what God's charting. You know you're on the right course. You're not sure what the journey looks like. But you know you're on the right path. And there's some really cool things going to happen through this house over the coming months and years and, frankly, decades. And so I celebrate with you. I, I remember Pastor Joey as a teenager, probably 16 or so. And um, as there would be an altar call, he would often, if not always, probably be the first teenager to the altar. And not just to go for the show, but he would go for the no. You know what I mean by that? He was leaning in, pressing in, um, hands raised to the Lord, wanting more of who he is, wanting Holy Spirit to do a work in his life. So what you're seeing today in Pastor Joey and Dr. Kelly, good to see you. By the way, I have a really sore hip. Is there, <laughs> is there something, can we pause just for a moment? If I lay on the floor, will, will that be weird? You can bill me. No. But what you're seeing today is the fruit of not only the heritage of your family, because we all have heritage that we can choose to embrace or heritage that we can choose to ignore. And Pastor Joey has embraced it, but he's charted his own course. So my brother, my friend, my, my compadre, uh, thank you for the invitation today. Uh, it's just a joy. I see some familiar faces. Um, one of the faces that are here today is from my past. I was blessed um, to have been uh, adopted as an infant, so I had a birth mother. She was very, very young, and she allowed me to be raised by another mother. Then I had a spiritual mother. Then I had a mother-in-law. That's four. So I had four mamas for a long time. Actually, I had five. So those four are gone, and the fifth one's in the house. Linda was my Bible school teacher when I was how old? Into four, five, six? Now, she says I was bad. That means her mind's going and her memory's gone. But I was cute back then. I was chubby, freckles, red hair. I was, Linda, I was cute. I was cute. But Linda's a walking miracle. When COVID hit, a month or two into COVID, Linda was in ICU. Two months? And Merritt, who's a quiet man, Merritt's one that doesn't um, shout from the rooftops about his faith, but a husband that was fearful of losing his wife of 57 years at the time would send out these texts to everyone who loved Linda and say, listen, you got to pray. And we almost lost you numerous times. Am I right, Merritt? So you're a, you're a walking miracle, Linda. We love you. We honor you. And you're the last mama in my life. So I need you. Is that clear? You're not going anywhere. Merritt, take care of her. All right? All right, that personal stuff's out of the way. So when Pastor Joey called me and said, hey, would I be willing to give a word today? Would I be willing to share the word? Oftentimes when that invitation comes, it, it, it would sort of germinate over the course of, from that period of the invitation to the opportunity to deliver the word. But the very moment that Pastor Joey asked me and I hung up the phone, we don't hang up the phone anymore, do we? What do we do? We hit the button, right? The young people in the room don't even know what that means. Hang up the phone? What's that about? So when I hit end, 
the Lord dropped in my spirit as clear as I've ever heard it. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit today. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit. And in preparation over the last couple of weeks, I'm going against everything I learned in Bible college. I'm going against everything I learned in seminary on how to prepare a sermon. If you've been in church any length of time, you know how that goes. What's the pastor do? We do a little intro, right? We have probably three good points, a couple of illustrations in between, some scripture. And then what do we do at the end? We close all our lap, wrap it in a bow, and we all go home. That's not going to happen today. I don't know what's going to happen today. All I did as I prepared over the last several days, um, just pressing in, I just was taking some notes. So I don't know what God's going to do. But here's what I've learned. As I approach my 30th birthday, birthday <clears throat> I've learned a few things. Here's what I've learned. Nothing of substance ever is important unless Holy Spirit's on it. Because 100 years from now, it's not going to matter what car you're driving. 100 years from now, it's it, not going to matter what kind of landscaping you put in your house. And the sister that came up, who was it that came and talked about doing the... Laura? Is your name Laura? Jamie, excuse me. Laura's back here, right? All right, so I'm learning everyone's name right now. Do we have a Bob in the house? Do we have a Frank? Do I see a Mary? Is there a Mary? But Jamie, when you mentioned how the Lord dropped in your spirit to finish something. That's what we're talking about today, is being so close to Holy Spirit that when we need something, when we need guidance, when we need clarification, He's as close, listen, He's as close as the mention of His name. And I know for some of you that have been serving the Lord for a while, you struggle. Because you think God's up there keeping score. You think that, okay, this week was a good week for me. I only had a few sinful thoughts. I didn't argue too much or raise my voice too much. And I didn't, like, you know, do anything that was against the rules. So, therefore, God must love me a little more this week. And so I can step out in faith because I'm closer to Him this week than I was last week because my behavior was better. Can anybody relate to this? Can I give you a little secret? That's not how Jesus keeps score. He doesn't keep score. Jesus is not going to love you any more than he does right now. Can you get that? That is huge because he loves you so much now despite ourselves. How about that old chorus, just as I am, without one plea? You know the basis of that? That basically means we don't have to clean ourselves up to come to the altar, but some people believe that to be true. I want to come to God, I want to lean in, I want to get closer to Him, but man, there's this and that in my life, and I'm still struggling with this, and I have this nasty thought, and I, oh my golly, I just can't. But what Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning is this, He wants you to use Him. What do you mean by that? That's weird. He wants you to rely upon Him. Oh, I don't know what that means, Pastor. I, I don't understand what that, what does that mean? Here's what that means. Remember when your kids were really young, and some of you have little ones in the room. And remember when you were in Walmart, and there's other kids talking, but over the corner over here on the other side of the clothing rack, you heard your kid, and you know is your kid why? You know their voice. You know their voice. Why do you know their voice? Because you spend time with them. You spend time with them. One of the main things I want us to get before we go home today is this. A realization, say the word realization. A realization 
that he's as close as the mention of his name, and he's here to help you to not be better or do better, but to be a stronger, more potent instrument of his glory on this earth. Does that make sense? So you're here on this earth not just to look good and buy nice cars. You're here on this earth not to play great guitar up here. You're here on this earth so you can be obedient to the Spirit of God. When He says, move this way, He doesn't always use a hammer. Sometimes He does it by whispering. By the whisper. Just, okay, this way. This way. Okay, Lord, I don't know what the next step is, but I'm going to lean in, and Father, I'm not going to move until I, I hear, until I sense. Sometimes it's a kind of a voice, sometimes it's a sense. And what I want some of you to get, some of you have been serving the Lord a long time. And this morning, what I want you to hear is that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God wants you to be more productive for Him. And if I'm going to ask the question and say, would you agree with that? Most of you are going to nod your head. You want to be more in his center of his will. You want to be able to walk down the straight and narrow and so that you can be used of him. Not just public ministry. No, 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 no. To the point where when you're at your barber shop, when you're at the beauty shop, and you're sitting in the chair, and your person's cutting your hair or curling you or, or, or putting your finger in an electrical socket for Emma. By the way, do you know how that, how that works up here, right? Emma's curls, if you notice her finger, it's burnt. Because why? That's how she... Yeah, that's how those curls happen. But most of us go to the barbershop or beauty shop, and when you're there, listen, and he or she are talking to you about something in their life, and you get this little sense that, man, you want to say something, but all of a sudden you second-guess it. Anybody ever been there? You second-guess it. You say, I don't want to look like a foy. I don't want to look like a Jesus freak, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And what Holy Spirit wants you to hear this morning is this. He leads you, He guides you, even in seasons of your imperfection. He wants to use you. Amen? Amen? I'm so blessed this morning. Um, my wife and I have four daughters in four states. And not one of them is in the state we reside. So I'm a little bitter, a little angry. And when I become president, here's what's going to happen. We're going to pass a law that kids can't move more than 100 miles from home but they can't be within 10 miles from home. Do you like that? So we have four daughters in four states, and um, our youngest is here today. She's finishing up her degree at Penn State University. Real proud of her. Um, yeah. She's been there 10 years, and she'll get her associate's degree. I'm so proud of her. Uh, no, the reality is she's uh, in a five-year program for architecture, and uh, she'll be done in four and a half years. So I'm real proud of her, and we love you dearly. And uh, she's here today. The other three... I don't even know their names anymore because they're in some state somewhere. I found this little humor. I just want to share it with you. It, it pertains not at all to the sermon, but it's just really cute. Can I share it? It's short and sweet. You're going to love it. So preteen boys, you know, like 11, 12, 13-year-old boys, they, they like to be competitors, right? They like to sort of compete with one another. And they were sitting around one day, three or four of these boys, and said, yeah, my, my dad, he's a mechanic. He makes 1000 bucks a week. The other kids, well, my dad's a builder. He makes 2000 bucks a week. The other kids spoke up and said, well, my dad's a pastor. He makes so much money that eight guys have to come forward to collect it all. <laughs> Isn't that cute? You guys can use it. You don't have to give me credit because I'm not giving credit who I heard it from, that's for sure. 
but I, but I really like it. <clears throat> you know, a lot of us are, have asked um, what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Some of you are asking that. Some of you, should I go to school? Some of you are, which project should I finish, Jamie, at the house? Should we finish? Should we get a flush toilet or not? Should we leave the hole in the floor? Those are questions that you have. So a lot of us have questions, right? Questions about what's next, God? Or what should I? Or how should I? Or when should I? All those questions that, if you're honest, we've all had those types of of questions. Should we consult our horoscope? Should we call Oprah? Maybe should we, should we call the psychic hotline? I don't think anybody in this room is going to do any of that, right? Should we look to the stars or should we seek the maker of the stars? Right? That's what we're talking about this morning is seeking him in the midst of challenging times when we need guidance. And sometimes it's not those moments where we're at the altar on our knees for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's in the middle of Target. When Holy Spirit prompts you to say or do something for that person that's in the aisle next to you. I don't know about you, but I want to be as close to him so that when he says move, when he says do, I don't argue, I don't second guess, I just say, yes, sir. And here's what I've learned. The more regularly I am obedient to that, the more muscle I use so when I hear his voice, I know it's him. And I rely upon that. I step out. A few weeks ago, um, I was at a church in, in New York. I have the privilege of traveling all around the state of New York. We have uh, 340 churches. We have about 825 pastors. And I have the privilege of helping to pastor those pastors and pastor those churches when they go through transitions. And when there's crises, I get to step in and help them. And so I'm at a different church about every Sunday all over the state of New York and in New York City and Long Island, all that stuff. And um, so I had an opportunity to... Um, preach at a, at a great church, and <clears throat> we had a wonderful altar time. I mean, Holy Spirit was doing some amazing things in this altar time. Uh, probably church about 300, and uh, I don't know, 50 were up front, and there was just a miracle sense in the house. There were signs and miracles and wonders occurring. Uh, gifts of the Spirit were in operation. All these things were happening. And this young man, probably 22, 23, um, sanctuary a little larger than this, he was standing right here. It appeared to be maybe a mother, maybe a grandmother or an older aunt, something, and he was very stoic and very quiet. I didn't know what he came to, for prayer. I didn't know if it was her. I didn't know if it was, I didn't know. I didn't know. Sometimes they're verbal, sometimes they're not. Sometimes I ask, sometimes I don't. In this case, I went up. The mother, I think, was just uh, very emotional, very uh, tearful, uh, very invested in the moment, uh, very, very emotional for her. Grandma was just sort of quiet, and this young man stood stoic. 22, 23, black beard, black hair. And um, I felt as strong as I've ever felt to say to him as I put my hand on his chest. And he looked at me as if to say, I'm sort of uncomfortable, but I trust you. Ever had that look? Like, it, he wasn't used to it, but, you know, I had already earned his respect in their service. I, apparently, he didn't hit me. That's all I know. And he was bigger than me, and he had tattoos. And, you know, anybody with a tattoo is scary. Where's Stephen? Is Stephen in the room? Is he back here somewhere? Anybody with a tattoo? I'm just teasing. So this young man standing here, right about here, and I, I put my hand on his chest, and I just waited for a half a second. This is what I've learned. I waited, and I just waited for a quick download. It's almost like I knew Holy Spirit was going to send me an email, but it would take just a half a second to get there. Does that make sense? So it wasn't flesh. I wasn't in a hurry. But I knew that I knew that I knew God had something for him. I had no clue what was going to come out of my mouth. But here's what I've learned over the years. If I trust him and I obey, it's always good. And it's always him in those moments. I'm going to tell you in a moment of a time it wasn't him. 
So in this moment, I put my hand on his chest and, and I thought, Lord Jesus, let, don't let him hit me. He's bigger than me, he's stronger than me, he's faster than me, he's younger than me. This could get ugly. But he broke down in tears. And I waited for the download. And I said, son, I don't know why I called him son, because I don't normally pull that, but I just did. It was kind of an endearing thing, apparently. And I ended up explaining, I don't remember all of it, because when it's Holy Spirit, I don't remember that stuff. Can you relate? I don't know what Holy Spirit, all what he said, but I know the gist of it was, he's got a call to ministry. It was powerful. It was powerful. And I knew that I knew that I knew Holy Spirit was in it. And little by little, a couple of leaders, and it was a multiple staff church, they came around and they sort of listened. And they listened. I caught, sort of saw them listening and I was done. I walked away and prayed for some other people. Later on, we went to lunch and the pastor said, uh, said Pastor Dan, you, you had a strong word for that young man. I said, I did, I, I think. I, what I remember, it was pretty strong. And he said, um, you know, he's only been here two or three times. I said, okay. And he said, how do you know he has a call? I said, I don't know he has a call. I was just God's mouthpiece. And I didn't second guess for half a second. Why? Because I've learned Holy Spirit's voice. Now, I'm not setting myself to be perfect. Have I made mistakes? I have. Let me tell you one of them. Years back, I was close to a, a young woman. Uh, appropriately, I was one of her pastors, and and she had a very strong anointing of music on her life. Music was her life. She loved singing. She loved worshiping. And she wanted God to use her more and have more open doors. And as a brother, we were around the same age. Someone who cared about her as a sister in Christ. I, I remember thinking, I want that for you too. And I remember one time she came down to the altar during worship time. And sometimes in that church, we'd have leaders and pastors all lined up. And, and people would come down and we'd anoint them with oil and we'd pray over them. And she came down and she had tears in her eyes. And she goes, I just want to be used of the Lord. And, and in that moment, I so desperately wanted to affirm her. I said to her, totally flesh, I said, the Lord's going to use you in ministry. You're going to have open doors. You're going to be traveling. All these things came out of me. And halfway through, I began to question and second-guess myself because I knew that I knew that I knew I don't think the Lord was in this. But my pride and my ego wouldn't let me stop. Can anybody relate to that? Now, this was 30 years ago or more. When I walked away, she had tears in her eyes. She had a, a glow in her face because that's what she wanted to hear. And as her friend, I wanted to give that to her. But that was from me. That wasn't from the Lord. It took me several years to climb through my pride and ego to approach her and confess what I did was wrong. It was flesh. And would she forgive me? Why do I tell that story? I tell the story because when you're in the right frequency, you know it. When I put my hand on that young man's chest, I knew that I knew that I knew. I had fine-tuned that message. I fine-tuned hearing from the Lord. And I knew that what I had delivered to him was straight from Jesus. Comparatively, when I had that word over that sister. I remember over the next several days and weeks, I remember thinking, Lord, maybe that was from you. And, and 
I'm just sort of second guessing. And Lord, please make it real and please make it right. And I so desperately want it. But at the end of the day, 30 years later, I know that I know that I know that was flesh on my part. Why do I tell the story? Because you know what? I've seen it both ways and I've felt it both ways. And over the course of time, you learn what's his voice and what's yours. Does this make sense? So oftentimes people ask the question, how do I hear the voice of Holy Spirit? There must be a magic formula involved. Well, there isn't a one, two, three magic formula in any kind of way, shape, or form, but there are some things we can gain from his word that will help you press in and lean in so you know when Holy Spirit wants to use you. We know that God wants to fellowship and communicate with us. There's a two-way communication. I'm so grateful for that. Out of uh, Hebrews chapter 10, it's not on the screen. Listen to what it says. In the book of Hebrews, we can see that we can access God's very presence at any time. It says, having boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this. When you're leaning into what Holy Spirit wants you to do, and by the way, he's not an it, right? He's not an it. He's part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and what? God the Holy Spirit, right? So he leads us and guides us into opportunities to get to know him. And he has an intention for you and I. We learned that from Jeremiah 29. It's on the screen. I believe it says this. For I know the thoughts I have, I think, towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So wherever you're at with the Lord right now, wherever you're at in life right now, God wants the more for you. God wants the more. And some of you right away, you hear that and you're like, oh, What's this pastor talking about? He has no idea what I've been through. He has no idea of the messes that I've made for myself. He has no idea of how many times I've tripped and stumbled. And he has no idea how many times I've asked the Lord for open doors and they don't seem to come my way. It's always the other guy. Be careful what story you're telling yourself. Because at the end of the day, you begin to believe it. See, his ways are not our ways. His timing is not our timing. He will give us a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Out of Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says this, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And that's the kind of God that He wants to have as a relation to all of us. That we can walk with Him in the cool of the day, even though there may be storms around us, we can actually embrace the fact that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit wants you to be able to walk in assuredness of his calling, of his future, of the future that he has for you, and of the hope he has. I like John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's powerful. That's powerful. What do I mean by that? As we lean in, as you begin to learn what's his voice and what's yours, you begin to learn to follow his more regularly. Does that make sense? So again, when you think of this day today, you can think of the two illustrations. The young man from a month or so ago, when I knew that I knew that I knew, I'm not responsible for that word or what he does with it. I'm just responsible to be obedient and deliver it. Does that make sense? Versus the other situation I described where my flesh was in there. And I've never forgot that. I don't want to be there again. I don't want to be there again. I'm so grateful that out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, that there are things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. And it says in verse 10, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep 
things of God. God wants to reveal to you aspects of who He is that only Holy Spirit can reveal to you. Not your spiritual mentor, not your pastor. Pastor Joey is one of the best teachers I know. I've listened to quite a few of his sermons over the years, even recently here. And by the way, one of the reasons I listen to a sermon here, because as I preach at other churches, sometimes I hop online to see how they dress and to see the culture of the house. We have churches in New York that still, everyone's got a suit and tie on, right? We have some in New York that everyone's wearing shorts. So I looked online to see how these guys were dressing, and what I saw was skinny jeans, right? And I'm thinking, Josh, and I'm thinking, Pastor Joey, I'm thinking, Jason, all these skinny jeans. I'm thinking, that was about 80 pounds ago for me and about 25 years ago for me. These ain't going to be skinny jeans today. But as I hop online to watch, as talented and as gifted and as spiritually minded as Pastor Joey is, he's not going to be the one to reveal some things to you. Only Holy Spirit will. And the only way you get that is if you lean in and get to know his voice. You lean in and get to know his voice. Learn from your mistakes, but grab a hold of those times where you know that you know that you know that Holy Spirit has told you, has led you, has guided you, has opened up doors for you and wants you to step through them. Recognize when God's in it and recognize when you're in it. How many of you want to move more in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Experiencing the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing from your life begins with a few modest things. Here's a few things I wrote down. We all desperately need the anointing to succeed in everything. What do I mean by that? Again, 100 years from now, it's not going to matter what car you drive. It's just going to matter who's in heaven and who's in hell. And the anointing and the favor on your life will help determine that for some people. Over the years, I've had People say to me, Pastor, so-and-so needs to accept the Lord. Would you come to the house and lead them to Christ? Or would you go to the hospital with me and lead them to Christ? And my response to that mature believer is, is usually this. Oh, I'd be happy to, but I want to watch you lead them to Christ. I don't have any magic formula. God has called you to be obedient. God has called you to be obedient. A hundred years from now, what's going to matter? Who's in heaven and who's in hell? And not everyone going to heaven is going to get there by the preaching of the word from this church. It's going to be from the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ from your heart and being obedient to the anointing and the favor on your life. Very, very important for you to get a hold of that and run with that. So very, very important. You know, sometimes we hear from Holy Spirit when we listen to other people. Sometimes we hear from Holy Spirit when we read the, read the Word. Sometimes we hear from Holy Spirit when we listen to music or when, during, during worship time. All of us have different ways and different avenues and different venues that the Lord uses to teach us and guide us and lead us. Would you, would you agree to that? Some of you lean into prayer. You can pray for hours. Others of you have struggle with five minutes. Some of you can read the Word for hours. Others of you struggle for one verse. So figure out what works for you and let the Lord use that. And then ask him, Lord, if, if you can help me in these other areas, God, I, I, I would like some help. Holy Ghost knows better than we do. Holy Spirit knows better than we do. And when you allow him, the Holy Spirit's always with us, leading us and prompting us. And when we yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, it launches us toward our potential and our destiny. So again, 
a visual. I want you to get this. Young, strong, tall guy. I was obedient. I put my hand on his chest, and I knew what God asked me to say. And I rested in that. Pastor, why are you telling us that story again? Here's why. Because the next time that kind of thing opens up and happens, my spiritual muscle is going to be even stronger. My boldness will be even greater. I will know that I know that I know when the Spirit's voice drops something, when there's that, that little delay and the email's coming and I know it's coming and I'm waiting for the download and the download happens, my role is to deliver, my role is to be obedient, my role is to do what he's asked me to do. I'm not responsible for anything after that. What that young man does with that, that's, off, that's out of my hands. Is any of this making sense? Pastor, you don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't operate ministry, Pastor. I, I don't do public ministry. I don't lead Bible studies. What you, how does this apply to me? Well, here's the deal. How many in the room are involved with house church? I hope a lot of hands are going to go up. I love Pastor Joey. That is so God. That's awesome. Because life's about relationships. Relationships with him and relationships with each other. And house church is going to help that, right? So for some of you that are quiet, for some of you that aren't real bold, for some of you that would have a hard time speaking out about your faith. Some of you are going to be in a house church in the next week or two, and Holy Spirit's going to be bubbling up inside and saying, enter in, say this, or ask this question. Or when you're having cake and ice cream after, go up to that person that I'm leading you to go up to and, and give them this encouraging word. See, sometimes we have to start small. Yeah? Some of you have been trying to minister to a neighbor that you know is hurting, a neighbor that you know is lost, a neighbor that you know is going through all kinds of hell. And Holy Spirit's saying to you even right now, the next time you speak to them, be obedient. And you may not have the whole paragraph. Listen, in these moments, and I have these moments often, when I'm delivering a word like that, all I get is the first half a sentence. And then I just go. You think God downloads that whole paragraph and then I just repeat it? No. Does anybody else operate that way? It's a step of faith. Oh, but pastor, you do this all the time. You're good at it. No, I'm not. I'm still imperfect. But I've just realized we have a job to do. And I'd much rather be in obedience with him than in rebellion. And some of you need to be used because you got so much in you, but you need to just get over that hump. You may not get the first half a sentence, you may get the first word, watch him come through. And there's no better feeling than being obedient to him and watching the fruit of your labor. Because that's stuff that eternity is made of. Whatever God does with this young man's life, it's going to impact eternity. It's not about the color of his car or how often he lifts weights. None of that's true. My encouragement to you this morning is to stop worrying about if you're going to look foolish. Everyone smile at me. We've all been there. Oh man, if I step out and I got the wrong word, I'm going to look like an idiot. Pastor Joe is going to call me up and yell at me because I... No, 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 no. Step out. Watch God use you in powerful ways.